Okay, we left off last night. We had finished at least uh, touching the words so we understand what the shaila is and it seems when it comes to financial advisors, brokers, this is the first of many industries we're going to try to uh, figure out and apply. But over here, there's the unique category, the uh, fiduciaries, which is a general term for somebody who has complete achrayas, but that's the accurate term that we have from the Rishayinim which no doubt they, they saw, that you have full achrayas, and it means to the exclusion of anybody else like yourself or your company, as opposed to the suitability standard, which is we're going to do something that's suitable, but don't look to us if you find out that we picked one mutual fund over the other or one stock because it benefited us. It's legal. You just have to state what you are. And the problem we had yesterday is do the people really understand the difference? My Yishuv, which some thought was a big cool, I'm trying to be Ash of the Minig. It's not good if you have a sugya where everybody's doing the wrong thing. Sometimes that happens, but we try to avoid, we'd rather be Miyash of it. So the reason the government has this is they want to encourage people to go into it and more people will be incentivized to be part of the uh, larger company. The larger company will take risks in growing bigger, and all that is in the pursuit <coughs> of fortune. And money is a big motivator as long as they're doing a right thing for the client, even though it doesn't match our lift either. Exactly. L'chayr if the client is makabal, davr shabamomon tenayokayim. It's not even a masna mashagasabatayr. It's the fellow coming in saying... I know you're going to get from me what you can get from me while you're making a lot of money. As long as that's decent, I'm okay with it. You don't have to come on to Masla Masha Kasabatera. It's just that's the financial arrangement. So I think that is a relatively solid issue. The problem is, what do they really know? And already today, I received a few very specific shilas. I'm going to save them only because we don't have all the details in the middle of discussions, and I also want to hide the identities of the good people who are asking and figure out how to dress it up that it still addresses the Shaila without giving away the specifics. So I have to uh, do some cross-outs as we do in documents that we show the class in general to uh, protect the innocent. So uh, we'll have a few more of those coming. Let's finish off the material for the basic understanding and then we'll go into it a little deeper. So one of the particular sites, this is the um, Rules and Regulations of Registered Financial Advisors and the like. And registered financial advisors, by the way, just the term, have to be registered with the SEC. And they're bound as fiduciaries right away. So as you mentioned, you're all registered financial advisors, but not all the accounts. If they're more directed by the client, then you tell them, look, if you want to talk to us, talk to us, but it's directed by you as opposed to the stuff you're relying on us completely. So that, I think, is an excellent system because, well, they're bound by it because the Securities and Exchange Commission demands it. And if a person's a violation of that, especially on a fiduciary level, they, they can get in serious trouble, and it's, and it's watched. Like you were mentioning to me that uh, your firm must be very um, uh, good at what it does and conservative because he says that they're constantly looking over their work, not just a, a spot review. Is that I understand that correctly? Because I, I don't know how they pay for that. 
They have, they have, they have level. No, compliance department is, if I were in the compliance department, maybe you'd be happier. We would check once in a while. He says they, they double check everything they do. That sounds expensive. They put guardrails in place already. You can't do anything. Right, but even after that, they're still checking. Tra- if you try to go out everybody do that? That, that? that sounds very stark. Almost, almost sounds like a big brother watching you, but that's not, that's not a thing we want to go into right now, and that's not an accusation. Uh, that's just very, very thorough, and it prevents disasters, I suppose. So that's why they do it. They don't want to get, don't get sued, right? Right. right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I th- found that interesting. But if you're registered, the SEC has direct guidelines. Next point is spelled out very clearly. Fiduciaries must always place their client's interest above their own. That's a great English translation of the Messiah's term. They didn't take it from there, but that, that's... It's not like sometimes we've got to look out also for the good and we're shutzen in. It says they have to place their thing with ever anything is at stake, where it's me making an extra penny, you make an extra penny, I've got to make sure you make the extra dollar. Fiduciaries must always provide undivided loyalty to their clients, same idea. Fiduciaries are forbidden from buying securities for their own accounts before buying them for their clients. Which, yeah, I suppose they push it Kavachimer. They can't sell if it's a seller before their clients. Which means that if you like this position, and you should like it because you suggested it for him and you have his best intentions in mind, then you bought some of the same. That's fine after he bought it. But that means if there's a scare and there's a sell-off, that takes a lot of guts, honesty. <coughs> fear of the law, I don't, know, I don't know what you call it, but that, everybody's dumping it, he can't do it until he gets rid of all his clients' shares. Does that sound right? That's what it says. It doesn't say it on the sell side, it says it on the buy side, but Koshke, the, the disaster usually is on the sell side. Buy side is just the opportunity, so I'd like to have the opportunity to get on the ground floor, I'm giving him the opportunity first. Well, on the sell side, yeah, Panic, you want to get rid of that thing pretty quickly. Well, front running is because the more somebody buys, the price goes right. up. So you can't... So I'm just talking about a regular disaster. They find out that all of a sudden you're holding a stock which needs stability and peace, and Rahman Sans a war going on. And you just heard about it. What's your first reaction? You're the broker. So you can call your broker and tell him to get rid of it. Do it yourself. Or take care of your 19 clients. That takes time. Is that the law? Mamish, they erase Chayach What? 200 clients, but... 200 clients, even better. But, so, but you're one of your own clients, that's the thing. You have your own account. You... That sounds like a lumdus from one of the B'day Terra in the office there. <laughs> what we were you... <laughs> so if I'm one of my clients, then I can serve myself first also. What was I? Does that? Are you are you serious? I'm saying like we have. We I'm saying you're saying you're as good as not chayach hakaimim, but it's at least chayach hashavas. That's the one that he's saying. So then I, so how do you deal with this? Uh, better well, leave, I better you, leave your name out of this conversation. How do you deal with the SEC then? How do you deal in general if you have 200 accounts? Who goes first? So have a system, alphabetical order, first in, first out, FIFO, life. I don't know. Pick whatever you want, but but you, not you. That's what you said, no? Did I? Did I? You have a loophole over here. That. So, I mean, I haven't experienced such an event. I hope you never do. <laughs> I, mean, but I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't heard of any, like, clients first before you. This I couldn't be Nogaya if there's a sudden war or something like that. The, the, the <laughs> what? Unless the compliance department. Uh, yeah, next time they call you on the regular checkups, <laughs> you have a, 
just ask him, you're curious, just the lumbers of it, you're, you're in the middle of a sugya. Uh, it, it sounds like we don't apply chayyachakayim, which is fine. Chayyachakayim is a din. It's not an option. But that's when it's real life and death. Here, you're agreeing to a financial relationship where whatever happens, you're going to go first. It's really nice. Great for you to meet this. It's a, it's a Musser moment. It's, it's but just, what? It's, not, it's only minutes. It's only minutes. Seconds can make a big difference. Millions of dollars. Do you realize there are people writing computer programs every year just to shave off a quarter of a second on the next guy and maybe make $100 million? That's, that's like Black Monday where the market crash in one day, like 20%. But that's um, I don't know where you've been the last... Uh, you've been around, but the last <laughs> couple of years, I, we had a couple of black whatevers, the beginning of Corona, beginning of wars, beginning of... These things happen. Special Special operations, peace, peacekeeping forces. You know, uh, next time you hear the word peacekeeping, you just sell your stock quickly. What? Uh, no, these things, uh, unfortunately, can change very rapidly. Yeah? Can I ask a clarifying question? Are we talking about, like, are you, are you for, on behalf of the, invest, the investors, are you holding actual securities or, or it's like mutual funds? Doesn't matter. Well, Doesn't make a difference. Because mutual funds, like, they basically they don't fluctuate during the day. They, 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 it's like it closes. Yeah, okay. Let's talk market. about stocks. It's more, but mutual funds are the same thing. Let's say over the next couple of days, there's a, a big sell up. But I'm saying the the is Chayacha when it comes to life and death. I'm using Chayacha Kaiman as a, the Hashkafa and Halacha would apply if you want to do Chesed and you're walking down the block and you own a position and you know your friend does. No, you're not his broker. You're both uh, sell ovens. And you walk the block, and all of a sudden you hear some news that's going to drastically change things. Would it be very nice to call your friend first? Very nice. Would it be required? No. Is it even mutter? I'm not sure. Because your wife might complain. Somebody's going to lose it. You have a bit. I remember I was sitting in the car with somebody. <laughs> I won't give. Two of them Somebody was giving me a ride in the way they were shared. This is many, many years ago. And we walked in, and there was a Bloomberg or something on, some business radio. It was apropos to nothing. I was looking in a safer, and I was in the car for a minute and a half. He said something on the radio. I wasn't listening. The guy stopped the car short, like almost on a dime, pulled to the side, and started calling his uh, broker. This story happened over uh, 20 years ago. But he, feverish, like almost screaming into the phone. Broker didn't know it hit him. The guy was, uh, he told me the whole story afterwards. And then after about five minutes, he continued going like nothing happened. I said, well, what happened? It was some major, well, now we're used to this, some major chip-making plant blew up or something like that. Do you remember a mess like this? And he was... And he saw that that was going to have a major effect on something like five moves down the line, and he reacted very quickly. There probably other people reacted. I just remember it was, it was jarring. I said, what's the rush? Well, in the middle of the thing, he pulled over like there was a little two, two lanes traffic over here, three lanes over here. Plus, he's got to make this call. He said five minutes is going to make a big difference. In the, and I saw him the next day. He said it made a big difference. He said he's sorry for lurching the car in the middle across a couple of lanes while I was on the way to But <laughs> I said, just whatever saves you a couple million dollars is fine with me, just as long as we you got across. But I, I, that could happen, and there are computer programs in milliseconds that are trying to shave off those milliseconds to be ahead of the next guy. Right so, now we have, we have 
we have issues now with banks who are holding Russian money. So there's a JP Morgan, for example, went down to like 5% just in one day because they had like a certain amount of billion dollars of Russian money. Right. So, but we don't recommend that you should sell because of that, because we know it's going to be a short time of a little shaky We hope. in the long run, it's going to be okay. We hope. Yes. Okay. So, like, we don't panic when something scary happens because it's because you're, That's their job. I know, right? I, I, I realize that. Uh, I know that. But that doesn't always work. And uh, after 29, uh, for those young people listening, that's almost 100 years ago. I wasn't around there either. Uh, after 29, uh, there were m many people, most people, never recovered. And um, they just either they wiped out instantly or they, they couldn't hang on. And then there were the people who cheated, like... Um, uh, okay, I won't say the name, but it begins with a K, and um, they became very famous afterwards and became very wealthy. A funny coincidence happened. He sold everything he owned a month before over the summer, and so did a few of his friends. Anybody know who I'm referring to? Uh, <laughs> Yaakov does, but you don't count. Uh, <laughs> it ends with a Y, right. begins with a K, ends with a Y, and uh, the guy I'm talking about himself wasn't too friendly to the Jews during the war, like he could control the State Department, uh, sort of, and close to a lot of presidents who didn't do too well in the Holocaust either. In the, I'm talking about this country, not in Russia. And, um, and then um, there, there were a few clothes uh, in between from the Bersheva, from Iran during the war, the whole... Uh, but they made their money, uh, yeah, 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 but in 29, there were no laws to prevent it. So, Even though the Senate... Yeah, no, that's what you're referring to. It's still going on. Insider trading is officially also now, and it's really also he's out of control things, and it's also until you're caught, but there's still plenty of people doing it. But then it was a wild west. It was not, sir. We had a share in this once. What he's referring to is not us, it's the politicians. No. It's Woods that's still for the Congress. Really? Yeah. I'm running. When's the next election? Uh, do I have your vote? We already have uh, Big Island over here. Uh, so, Lamaisa, this fellow begins with a K, ends with a Y. Um, you can say I'm getting paranoid. I stopped saying all names now. But uh, it's, it's amazing because they mom, it wasn't against the law then, and they thought nothing of it. They had their own cartel, and they did whatever they wanted. Here, if, if you have a client like that, it sounds like, again, you tell them, hold it, it'll recover, we hope so. But... Push comes to shove, it sounds like you gotta, gotta have them buy first. Doesn't say anything about the sell side. The sell side could be a big disaster. I assume it's the same thing. I, I wonder what the law would be. There you'll find out. You'll ask uh, compliance, uh, you'll let me know. Uh, meanwhile, uh, all these are good sugyas, and Bachayacha uh, Kaidman usually means the Gemara has it in life and death, but it means in money also. You don't have to return them at sea if it's going to cost the guy more and cost you more of your job and you're going to give him a bill afterwards and you don't have to do heroics to save his fields from the flood if your field is going to get flooded. So, in terms of dumb and tanky mashma, this is, uh, this is important. Let's continue. Uh, it gets, uh, gets better. Uh, investment advice must be complete and accurate and the fiduciary must have exhausted all necessary means to ensure it was so. This is very stark. Exhaust all necessary means. What does that mean? That means, uh, sir, welcome to, I don't want to use your company, uh, welcome to um, Charles Schwab. Are they still around? Okay. Uh, if anybody works there, just pick the name. 
Okay. Welcome to uh, yeah, J.P. Morgan. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the guy walks in. Can you please fill out? It's four pages. What is it? Uh, we need this for the financial analysis, and uh, gives me a profile of what you're worth and what your goals are, and how old you are, and the risk appetite, and all the things we spoke about. And the guy is sitting there and thinking not too long and filling the whole thing out. And then I take it, I look at it for two seconds, I said, yeah, looks very interesting, um, we'll call you in the morning. And you put it in the file thing. That is not good enough for our sugya of the Vneiver. Due diligence means treat it like you would treat your own. If that's a madrega, Ramban says, because But it means pretty close. As you would want to be treated. That's what Ramban teaches it. So the same thing when it comes to somebody else's money. That's really what this thing is about, which is pretty shocking to a lot of people. But this parallel, you got to do a lot of things, much effort to save somebody's money, save them from a loss. You have to do that when he's asking for advice, and this could cause profit or loss, whether it does or not. It's not your problem as long as you try. But this is actually a very firm translation, even though they didn't get it from our shear. Complete and accurate. It means you got to look it over and ask more questions if need, need be, must have exhausted all necessary means to ensure it was so. That's a heavy statement. Exhaust all my... That means I've got to really work hard, make sure this is the best thing for the client. All conflicts of interest or potential conflicts of interest must be entirely disclosed. Again, they sort of disclose them on the thing, but you have to let the guy know and he has to understand what's going on. So this is a, this is a tall order. The government... The, I'm reading government laws. They're saying you have to do this. The question is, how much is it really done? And if you're from, if you're Jewish, and you are bound by this sugya of Livnever on advice, you really have to follow through on this. This is for the fiduciary. We didn't get to the the the, uh, the uh, sustainability is much uh, much more calm. You still got to look over the profile, and uh, I already got a few questions today where people, the Klaisal, really they're all tzaddikim, listen to a shir, and they look at their business model. <laughs> And they're asking Shai, that's great. That's why we learned these sugis. Um, they want to know, like, uh, they're in charge of a lot of uh, employees and they're in charge of a retirement account. Like, how much do they have to look into? Then would they sign them up? These are, that's a good Shaila. You, you have to at least look at what was done and what's in place now. And you might want to check legally what you are. And if you explain to them you're not a fiduciary, okay, you have some coolers in there. That doesn't mean you could just it blindly and not uh, follow it. It depends what they're what they're assuming. It also depends on how it's and how it's doing. The person taking care of it. Okay, uh, let me um, continue. A few more facts, and we're going to um, uh, use this. The Question, yeah. I think it does uh, for conscientious people or people who are not so honest by nature but don't want to get sued. In other words, what I understand is the SEC really goes after this. And you'll say, then I don't want to be a fiduciary. Fine, that's why they have two categories. Then just tell them what it is. I agree that it's not being done as much, which is always going to be hopefully a divide between from people who have to be concerned with the sugya. Happens to be, so far, the SEC is certainly writing up the sugya, lahavdul, as I would write it up. They're doing a good job because they understand that full responsibility means full responsibility. You've got to ensure. Do they know it's not really happening on the ground as often as they like? Yeah, but they can't go off to everybody. But then there's, there's the, I guess the firm 
Uh, yeah, yeah, true, but even more so. If it's uh, this component, let me just point out, now that you're asking, this component of Vnever, we stressed for the first eight months, Vnever applies to an Akum, clearly, when it comes to triggering Averis. This component of Vnever is a Baram Lechavero Degadin. It happens to be it doesn't apply strictly to an Akum, but you can't steal from an Akum, and you can't make a Chilasham, and you've got to do your job, and you can't be violated over here. But it happens to be the Vnever issue, and you're saying it would be the least of the problems. So that's an important chilek, but you're not going to start looking over the 200 clients to see who is, who isn't, and there's no practical nafkamina because you should be doing a good job for your clients. It's good to get more clients, and it's good to keep within the law, and it's the right thing to do, and it's a kiddush Hashem. So there's no real nafkamina, just legabe, that love, and not everybody agrees with what I just said. Some achranim clearly say if it's only been on the Chavero, it doesn't apply. But then you're not like most been on the except for Yisurim, like Geneva and Ritzich and all those other things. And the Mechaz Chinuch, among others, say there shouldn't be any Chilik. It's one Pasuk, two different drushes in the Pasuk, they both push up shot. And if it applies to an Akam by Avera, it applies to an Akam in the second category. So even that's a Machlekes. So for the practical reasons, you have many other reasons to do a great job, but it happens to be that Nakuda is a Machlekes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, does that come into play when, we, when it comes to like, we, we're looking at them as if it's like our own? That was my yeshiv on the minig of why we assume, even on a suitability level, they're going to try to do a good job because you want to keep your clients and get more. That's, that's my yeshiv on it, that it can't be a disaster because you still got to do X amount of establishments to make sure the clients do well. The nafkamina is when a person decides in his mind, okay, there's. Uh, 2-3% to shave off over here and he'll be very happy with 5% and I'd be very happy with this 3% and he could have made 8% and I didn't tell him which I'm going to get to right now the fee structure is important also the key here is telling them what you're doing or if you tell them tell them it away or write it away where they're going to understand so you started bringing this up yesterday so um, he writes in the, in the third email yeah do we say that like, when it comes to um Stocks, that it's something that is easily um, you know, researchable and should be known. The fact that somebody didn't know that, you know, that, that, that they're paying fees because the person's not a fiduciary, is that the, is the, the, is the burden on... The it depends how well-known it is. That, that fallback position plays a role in halacha that buyer beware, as you said, you should do some research. But if Eilam Golem and certain things, because they're not professionals, they're not really in it, and there's so many people, the overwhelming majority, never heard of this word, or never heard of this chilek, of these two categories. Now, all somebody has to do is just like put it in a Google search. But and you find it's not going to help. They need to know a, you're, you're, you're looking at it like an analyst. <laughs> you're... you're even a computer analyst, you're looking at it too logically. If the facts on the ground are that 51% or 80%, that might be 80%, never, why don't you do a poll? All you go to work tomorrow, and wherever you meet people, say, are you a fiduciary? If they look at you quizzically and say, can you touch that word? Or if they're not Jewish, they won't use touch. Can you explain that word? What language is that? Then you got your answer. 95%. Okay. <laughs> and you're in the business. So, so that's a high number. So then you couldn't rely on that. Unless you tell them, in other words, without getting into fiduciary or suitability, you tell them, we're going to try to make you a lot of money, and he's going to say, well, what return? Most people would ask, like, what percentage you think on average, barring any wars or any corona or anything like that? So I think we can land a solid uh, 5%. 
And he says, that's great. Can you just handle it, whatever you want? He says, of course, you know, you want to be honest. You know, I, I make a living over here. So I want you to make a living. If you spell all that out, and then he finds out afterwards, you know, I found out I could have made 7%, and you were making an extra 2%. If the paperwork backs that up, he doesn't really have a serious time. Because if somebody has the 5%, he can say, are you making a panasa? So he shouldn't ask because Iron's going to shoot him if he asks. And what's your margin? It's none of your business. <laughs> that's, that's a key question in the sugya over here. When are you allowed to ask? When are you not allowed to ask? So that's, I'm going to get to that right now with the fee. This is the last component. And then we'll go to the Rambam probably tomorrow night. Uh, what's the difference? Fee only and fee-based. So if you weren't holding in the sugya, you would say fee just means you're paying for something. I don't really care. Which is, unfortunately, what probably most people would say, and they wouldn't look into any chilek between the two, but it's a big chilek. Fee only means that the only source of income the advisor has is from the fees he charges you, which means you mentioned the 220 last night. Was that you? So you tell him ahead of time, this is it. There's nothing else hidden. We make money, you make money. It doesn't go, with it. and this is what it is. We're a hedge fund, and, and it's clear, and these numbers are real, and they stick to it. So that's cleaner, and you have less of an issue over there because you're not hiding anything. You're telling them up front you can't possibly make any more money. It could be a flat fee for the time, percentage of the assets under management, percentage of profits to make, whatever it is, but it's a set fee. The term fee only is in contrast to fee-based. So now, have your antennas up. If anybody comes over to you and tells you it's fee-based, so now you can all uh, be smart and say, base, base, there's something wrong with that word. Base means like we're starting with that, but it grows from there or something. Like, Got to make the Yukim, right? And the Diyuk is good. English is a, is a precise language. <laughs> but uh, fee only means only means only. Only doesn't mean only except for the other seven hidden charges. That's illegal. Fee based means based. I wouldn't have made the Diyuk <laughs> on this contract, but the Diyuk is here once you know about the Diyuk. But you got to know about it. Which means, in addition to the above-mentioned fees, the broker can be making a fee every time he buys or sells stock, which is called turning the account if he does it more than necessary. Or he might receive a commission from a hedge fund company for every share of their mutual fund that he sells. They'll say, wait a second, that sounds like a kickback. A kickback is a very uh, bad negative word because it sounds like politics. Uh, kick- it is a kickback, but it's mutu. It's called a commission. <laughs> There are a lot of, you're selling our mutual fund. We want you to push it. Of course, he's going to push it, and it's going to be very hard, because everybody's not gay to themselves, to see the mailers of the other one, even the other one, if you're getting paid for this. And that's an inherent problem. Whenever you, when you push ovens and washing machines, it's going to be the same issue. So just hope that this washing machine is a good deal. And if you're making a little more money, when a guy buys a washing machine or an oven, you don't have to explain to him whether this sale is fee-based or fee-only. That's the mail over there. It's none of his business. Aaron, I said that for you. Uh, <laughs> it's none of his business. Uh, th- there's a big difference. All of a sudden, you see how regulated the securities market is. No one would ever come up with any laws. There is no SEC covering. I mean, there's the Better Business Bureau, but they can't dictate to me. I sell ovens, and I like these commissions. It's not on all. Uh, if the guy wants to know my margins, it's none of his business. And he wants to know where else to shop, he should get the yellow pages. I'm not saying to say him that's business. I'm saying you offer him a deal. You say, okay, you know what, for you, 5%. I'm not saying you should say to him. You could say, I really like you, I'm going to give you a discount. And you give him a discount of a dollar. And uh, if, he's, if he likes that, then fine. $5, $10, whatever it takes. But this is, for good reason, very regulated post-1929. 
and a lot of money involved, and the government is doing a good job because they're, they're trying to be on top of them. So you have to let them know whether it's fee-based or fee-only, and if it's fee-only, you can be getting money from all over the place. These fees can add up and cost the consumers a lot of money without them realizing it. Now, so getting back to your question, well, won't they realize it when they start? The answer is no. If he gets a nice return every year, he won't realize what he could have had. And there's nothing wrong with it as long as they didn't present something they weren't. That, that's uh, The question is, to get out of Lyft Naver, you just want to make sure that that message gets across and the legal system is built. The SEC also wants you to get that message across. It's just that you should have the era from the Lav Daraisa, not from the SEC, or from both. More for the Lav Daraisa, Lav Do. We have a lot of financial advisors sitting in the room, by the way. I forgot to introduce the next one. Yes. <laughs> what if you know is that there's this mutual fund that has these built-in fees. Yeah. And then there's an ETF, which is the exact same product, right. that has no fees. And he says, I know, and he knows it. He's obligated to tell him you to get the exact same thing. Well, let me ask a question. Why do you want to tell him the mutual fund instead of the other one? Because you can make money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So are you, so very simple question. Are you fee-based well, or free-only? I'm not you, I'm saying. Is it coming? But it makes a difference. Are you fee-based or fee-only? There's a difference between ETFs that are run by just random computer systems and things like that. It's not actual group of people managing. They might be smarter. Let's say you have a passive S&P 500. Yeah. You can buy an S&P 500. Yeah, buy into the whole... Uh, right. A hundred different providers. Some right. can charge you a percent and a half, and some right. can charge you one and a half basis points. Right. So, 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 right. So, let me ask you a question. Are, are you set, or not you, anybody you know, set up? Is it the fallback that you're a fiduciary, or are you working with the suitability? We're actually the fee only technology. How come you're fee only? Fee only. Our competitors, it's a good selling point. Our competitors, I wouldn't call asset based. They get a percentage of whatever the, 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 the our competitors get. No, so that's, that's also fee only. Two types of fee only. Okay, but I'm saying fee only is still a set thing. You're not looking to get 100, so you shouldn't have any, well, well maybe there's a dangerous question. If you're fee only uh, and you're a fiduciary, you should not be advising the mutual fund with fees if he can get cheaper because you already made your money and that's all the money you're allowed to make. So how does that, how does that go? No, it's a different, they're not in the mutual fund deal. Okay, maybe we'll, we'll discuss it in the way to say it. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm saying this is uh, everybody should be thinking about this you don't have to be a broker or, or a uh, I mean the financial industry is a big industry but I, we already have a chilek if you're selling washing machine widgets computers whatever they don't have this type of uh, system with all these rules and regulations just don't rip them off so we have it's called on law after that Whatever you want to, whatever your needs are, and you want to do it and smile more and have better service, and you feel you're selling well, even the guy down there is $100 cheaper. So try it. But you still don't have to give that information to everybody because that would be ridiculous and nobody can ever charge anything different than anybody else. That's my, that's my point over here. Because there's thousands of, of mutual funds and ETS, so everyone's actually competing with each other. Right. So it's a very small differential. It's a, every industry is like that. Every industry gets to a point where everybody's involved. I, I mean, you go, you, if you want to buy a stock item from China, still doing business with China? So you want to do a stock item? You look, you'll have a thousand sellers. They're all within a few pennies. So everything is... There are certain niches in the market where right. competition is hard. 
what for for example, four one k providers, right. certain four one k providers are going to stuff the the four one ks with their own mutual funds that are going to be charging exorbitant fees, mm-hmm. and in, they in, incentivize the small companies or whatever it is to to sell to, to, to set up the four one ks with them right. because they're going to charge them less fees or whatever it is. They, but they don't charge them less fees. They charge no, them less they, fees up front, but they... No, they're charging for, the company less fees, but right. they're going to charge the employees right. for the investments. Oh, wonderful. That's a great lift naive so, setup. Th- this is a classic. Yeah? Right. So so the companies agree to this. Why? Because, because they're paying their less. costs for managing 401k is less. So I hope they have the cover letter on the email to all the thousands of employees. By the way, we have a great new firm servicing us. He's great for our bottom line. Lousy for you. Uh, please sign up by 5 p.m. today. Do they spell it out like that? No, Probably that's the only option they have, uh, right? Employees. Really? Mm-hmm. You, you can't, can't, you can't set up your... Really? Whatever the company is providing you. That's the what average you American working for a company can't choose his own 401k? No, you can open up an IRA, yeah, but the 401k is benefit. Whenever it's benefit. If you want to take it, take it. If you don't want to take it, don't accept it. Once you leave the company, though, you can freely move it. Yes, you can, but... If you leave, once you leave. So one second, because they're giving in, this is the part they kick in. You can have your own... Well, again, there are government... Okay, so this is a good question. Well, let me address this just to defend the companies. You're going to accuse me of being a capitalist. Uh, but uh, the company has to worry about their bottom line. They're already paying half of Social Security, Medicare tax, and all a host of other fees, and unemployment, and now they've got to hire people back and nobody wants to work. And they have a lot going against them. And I'm not crying for them. They're not making any money. But if they have a lot of employees... Isn't it, shouldn't it be known? I don't know if the employees in the bottom would realize this is even an issue because you have to know the industry. But the alternative to your suggestion would be the government or the SEC should mandate, just like they're mandating, I assume they're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Do they mandate they have to give these 401ks? Or so is this the company's idea? No, no they, they're not mandating to have a 401k. Well, you can open up an they, IRA they, otherwise. They do have, the, the, actually, there are government regulations about right. retirement savings. Right. Teresa, I think it's called. Right. And so, so the, 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 the manager of the 401k has to act as a fiduciary. But if they only stock their own mutual funds, so he said, that's you, all I have. That's okay. All I have. Okay, so I'm happy you touched. Please remind me tomorrow night because we're out of time. I want to use that exact point when we move over to real estate brokers, which is even going to do more damage or good. We're not trying to do damage. We're trying to help people, of course. Uh, keep the Allah, make a good panasa. Uh, so I'll throw out the example. If you have a broker and they show move in a house, and um, the broker comes, I have a great house for you, it looks around, seems decent, um, you know, it's only $4 million, today's rate, that's pretty good, and uh, three bedrooms, and do you have anything better or cheaper? So, let's say he does, but they're for his better clients. This happens all the time. So, can he say, no, this is what I have for you, do you want it or not? Is that with neither? Does he have it or doesn't he have it? He says he has it, but this is very common. I had somebody call me this last week. So I have it, but on the other house, I get 4%. On this one, I'm getting 2%. And therefore, I want to get this, get rid of this one now, but I have a much wealthier buyer for the other one. It's much more expensive, and I'm getting more. He has also some in his head why he wants to buy this one. Is it a good house? It's a good house. Market value, market value. He's not ripping anybody off. 
can you, this is a complicated question, there's no ready answer, can you say, well, this is all I have available for you. That's what you just said, right? Yes, it is all. It's all I have available for you. Why? Because in my mind, I wrote off, in your case, it's easier. They only stock their mutual funds with heavy loads. So they really only have that available. They don't have anything else in their portfolio. Okay, they could get something else easily, but they don't stock it. So can you go and say, no, this is all we have because you already put something away for, for somebody else in your mind? Or well, you wrote it down. What does it make? That's a, think about that. That's a complicated trailer. Remind me, we're up to that. We're out of time now. In the meanwhile, just be careful what you buy on the markets these days. Uh.